Welcome back to Child of Light. I'm your host, Jessica. This is the first true blue episode of Child of Light. This is the basis, the foundation, uh, what I will come back to frequently. What I'll be talking about today is how our body, our soul, and our mind are one, just as God is one. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So God is not three separate beings. He operates in different offices, but he is one. Genesis 1.26 tells us that we are made in his image after his likeness. So if God is one, then I am one. I am not three separate beings, but I am one being with many members. And guys, this is not some new age idea, but it's a biblical principle. I'm actually going to read a scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 12 and 12. For as the body is one and hath many members and all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Scoot down to verse 14. For the body is not one member, but one, but many, excuse me. Then go on down to 16 and 17. The ear is saying it wants to be the eye. The eye is saying it wants to be the nose. Uh, If the whole body were an eye, who's going to hear? If the whole body were an ear, who's going to smell? Verse 18 says, But God hath given the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And I know that these scriptures are referencing the body of Christ which is the church, and it's, and it's in his likeness, but the church is made up of individuals, so it's applicable to us individually. Now, just as, like, the eye can't tell the, the nose, I don't need you, just as my hand can't tell my knees that it doesn't need them, my spirit cannot tell my mind it doesn't need it my body cannot tell my spirit that it doesn't need it it is all a beautiful connection that only god could have made it we it all works together so beautifully it's so beautifully intertwined and now we may be able to neglect one office or member of our being but they cannot be separated um And this is something that I want to talk about more in depth on a later episode. But I believe that when we don't handle things in one office correctly, another office will try to take it on, which is why we see physical manifestations of stress and even trauma that has not been properly worked through will present itself as a disease or dysfunction later in your life. For example... If thou write, okay, excuse me, Jesus is speaking in Matthew 5, 29 and 30. And he says, if thou right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is not profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. And he says the same thing about your right hand. So Jesus is not asking you to literally cut off your hand or literally pluck out your eye but I believe he is commanding that we crucify the members of our being that are causing us to sin or not be in alignment with the word of God so while we may not be happy with our mindset 
all we have to do is, is bring it under subjection to the Word of God. We may not be happy with our body. Bring it back into alignment with the Word of God, with proper a proper healthy diet, with exercise. We may not be happy with where we're at spiritually, but crucify that filthiness of the flesh that Scripture talks about with prayer, fasting, reading the Word, hearing the Word. That's just as important as reading the Word, hearing the Word, hearing the Word preached to you. So, one of the best ways to move toward alignment is first realizing that we are one being. Um, So, we know that our body is what we can see, the physical, the natural, but our mind is unseen. It's our thoughts, our desires, our will, our memories. In Numbers 16 and 28, Moses tells the people that the Lord has sent him to do these works and that he has not done them of his own mind. In Nehemiah 4, 6, the prophet states that the people had a mind to work. Both of these scriptures use mind as a reference to an idea, a decision, or will. Isaiah 65 and 17 uh, refers to coming into the coming into your mind. Lamentations 3 and 21 says, This I recall, therefore I have hope. Second uh, Peter 3 and 1 says, Stir your pure minds by way of remembrance. All of these scriptures are used to bring our minds back to memory. Another way that scripture talks about our minds is 2 Corinthians 8, 11, and 12 speaks on how if there is first a willing mind, there may be a performance also. And to me, this parallels to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If Jesus wouldn't have crucified his will, which is his mind, the idea of letting that cup pass from him, then there wouldn't have been a bodily crucifixion. I'm going to say that again. So if Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane wouldn't have first crucified his mind, his will, then there would not have been a physical bodily crucifixion. Now on to the eternal office of our being, our soul. Oftentimes it's referred to as, a, as our spirit, and I think people use soul and spirit interchangeably according to the need uh, that's presented. Genesis 46 and 26 says, All souls that came with Jacob into Egypt. So this is speaking about Jacob bringing all his family with him into Egypt when he came. And Jacob was not carrying a jar full of souls with him. He brought his family. But scripture calls these people souls because that's what they are. One of my absolute favorite things that I've ever heard my pastor's wife say, her name is Candy Walden, we are not human beings trying to be spiritual. We are spiritual beings trying to be human. That to me is so good because our body is the shortest part of our existence, much like the body of Christ, literally, his body was the shortest part of God's existence. And that's not to say that Uh, God ceased to exist when that flesh was crucified because he always is, always was, always will be. 
but 1 Timothy 3.16 says that God was manifest in the flesh. So when God manifests himself in the flesh, when he put on that robe of flesh, came down and was crucified for our sake, that body, that 33 and a half years, was the shortest part of his existence. And it's insane how closely we are we are literally made in his image because our flesh and our bodies hold space and time but our souls belong in eternity it's wild to think that a part of me will live on forever so even after this fleshly tabernacle has been destroyed i will continue to live on in eternity and in fact 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 and 5 and 1 states, For which cause we faint not, speaking on the trials that we walk through, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen, so we look at the things that are not seen, For the things seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. There is a part of us that will exist for eternity. Yes, I believe in taking care of your body. I believe in living a a lifestyle as healthy as you possibly can. I believe in bodily exercise. I believe in all of that stuff, but don't forget about your other members. Nourish your soul with prayer, with reading and hearing the word of God. Work through your stress in a way that is beneficial to you, in a way that you can actually alleviate your stress. Allow the Lord to heal these deep wounds. We cannot experience true health when we, when we neglect one or more of our offices, we must nourish each and every member of our being. We must make sure you pray today. Make sure you eat you a good, healthy meal. And make sure you get some good rest. Cry if you need to. Reach out to somebody. Talk to a friend. Do whatever you got to do to get your business where it needs to be. Okay? Be blessed today.